Hello, and welcome to episode 142 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content. That's right. Just a couple of regular dudes drinking some irregular beers and talking about Magic the Gathering, in particular, the online client MTG Arena. Mm-hmm. And this week we have some new cards to talk about, finally. You know, normally with like spoiler season, it just feels like it bombards me and attacks me right in my face, and I just don't want to see new cards when I'm just experiencing old ones. But this time around, I've been waiting for this. I'm so excited for new cards, and they're finally here, so... I would say generally, like twice a year, I'm pumped, and that's the fall set and the uh, like January or February yeah, the... set because there are pretty long breaks between both of those and the previous set. It's true. It's true. Um, so yeah, I, I'm also pretty excited for these ones. It's gonna be sweet. Uh, but first, each week we bring a beer, we drink it, we rate it on a scale from bronze to mythic, just like the tears in arena. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap? All right, this week we are revisiting a brewery we've tried in the past called True History. They're in uh, downtown Toronto. Mm -hmm. Uh, Downtown, yeah, whatever. It's not really downtown, but yeah. Yeah. Depends where you live uh, (laughs) relative to Toronto. If you live downtown, this is not downtown. Um, But they basically make only traditional styles. So a lot of lagers, German, Czech, that kind of stuff. Um, And everything we've had from them has been quite good mm-hmm. and what's you know what made them interesting to me in the first place is the fact that they were able to succeed with that business model of we don't have uh, an ipa we don't have a sour we just mm-hmm. make like beer that we like yeah um, and traditionally breweries kind of have to have those on the menu so that like to bring a bunch of people in and then they <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hipster, same. hipster, yeah. annoying uh, craft beer people. That's right. I mean, I'm I'm there for the IPA. You're there for the sour. And then, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, they say fuck that. Those beers suck. We're gonna mm-hmm. make real good beer, and yeah. they obviously do it well enough to still survive in uh, particularly like saturated uh, climate of Toronto yes. craft beer. Mm-hmm. So. Just like craft beer in general is like yeah. Starting a brewery is so difficult because a lot of it has been done already. But you know what? This one hasn't been done in a while. So excited to get these. Uh, but Jeff, what what's the first beer we're drinking from? Oh, yeah. She, uh, she mentioned the beer, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's called Mild Lockout. It's a Helles Lager. I guess it's German based on that name. Um, and it's 4.9%. Yeah. Let's drink it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what uh, Helles Lager means, other than I've, I think it's a German style. Yeah, see, this is where research would come in, but a lot of times I just get excited when I drink the beer. Um, I've definitely had a beer of this style before, but haven't uh, haven't had this one. All right, we do have some magic news. So, obviously, uh, Murders at uh, Karlov Manor, the spoilers are starting. Uh, this is only day three that we're... Um, recording this podcast so we still have a long way to go but we did have the debut video which happened to spoil the entire story for the set now uh in the first what is it 30 minutes or so they had like a this like video which had tons of cards flashing in and it was basically them explaining what the story was and up until that point the story had come out a good chunk of it 
and it was basically at the point where it's like the detectives like i know exactly who did it and uh this is the final piece of the puzzle about to go into their monologue explaining and then the debut video just tells us who the murderer is without letting us read the last story or supposedly the last story there's actually three more um 10 in total but like (laughs) it just seems so bizarre to me it was odd i was was totally expecting because they do the whole murder mystery thing where it's like i'm gonna invite everyone including the killer into the same room and i will reveal to you all it was them yeah they did it yeah and i was totally expecting them to be like now you know they're all here the killer is among us like find out who it was at your local pre-release or something like some sort of call to action to go you know cliffhanger essentially Mm -hmm. and nope they they just like blammo put the person on screen and said this is who it was before i had an even time to like react yeah they didn't even say like hey we're about to reveal something you should if you don't want to know you should turn the stream off Nope. It was just I just know who it was now, and I haven't yeah. read any of the stories yet. So we aren't going to spoil that because next week we are talking all about the stories, um, which seemed a lot more exciting until everyone knows who the killer is. So that's like less exciting. I was sure that the cards would spoil it. To be fair, I knew yeah. that in some cards they would tell you. So um, it's just too hard was... to make a whole set without revealing it it's also like wizards uh, policy now they they want to make sure that if you don't read the story and you just look at the cards you know what the story is right it's right. just like how they make sense and that's totally fine it's just crazy to me it's that actually a good policy I think. yeah it's a great policy but it, it just seems crazy to me that they they could have just like like they fumbled this so hard because they did the first seven chapters they could have just released the eighth chapter the day before the video comes out if they wanted to yeah. say who the killer was. So all the people that were reading the story could have just read the write it and then watch the video and be like, oh yeah, I'm the person who cares about the story. I read it up to this point. Don't ruin it in a video when you should just let me read it in the story. I don't understand. It seems. Yeah, because the problem with what they did is like, I was planning on reading the stories. I still will, mm-hmm. but I hadn't at that point. And this just, because it's a summary, you know, it's like a 20, 25 minute summary. There just wasn't enough detail for me to possibly have had any guesses before they revealed who the killer was. So I just felt like now I'm going to go back and I will have the, you know, there's still an interesting aspect of now I can be looking for additional clues that the writer has put in, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll be like, oh, that was a clue that I may not have picked up on if I didn't know the answer going in. But I still am going to miss out on basically the experience of trying to figure out who the killer was myself. Yeah. And I was reading all the stories like day by day, just trying to keep up. And so this felt like a huge downer. Like I was the prime person to get let down from this. Um, so I have my Right. You were like waiting it. for story number eight or, yeah. or story was, number seven. I mean, I was, like it, I literally read the episode the day before and I was like, okay well i thought this was the last one i guess there's more because i didn't know how many there were gonna be because we had no idea they didn't tell you yeah they didn't say hey there's gonna be 10. yeah which is just so strange to me especially because the first week when they like they released it doesn't really matter we we can get more into that next week i want to get talking about cards though um so 
the great thing about the debut video is that we got some cards and we know all the yeah. mechanics we know all the things that's happening so we're going to talk about those today and things we are excited for which is so great. <laughs> i do have something i want to talk about before that okay vent a little bit i guess i have a bit of a tournament report because i played oh in, yes tell us tell us played in the qualifier so i played in the qualifier explorer event this past weekend for those who don't know it's basically it's a two-day event each day there's a try to get to seven wins before you get to two losses both days are the same and if you win, if you manage to do that in day one, you go to day two and you get to try to do it again. If you do it again, you get to go to the arena championship. Mm -hmm. So I started day one, <laughs> literally match one. I'm against Quintorius combo and I totally punt. I win game one without them doing basically anything because they're a combo deck. Yeah. Game two, I punt it and I lose. And game three, my opponent's literally dead on board. Nothing going on in their hand. I've thought seized them to double check that. And then, of course, top card of their deck is Quintorius, and I lose. So that's how the tournament starts. <laughs> I was just like, well, that was a bummer, but it sucks that it ended that way. But I did also punt game two. So it's like, yeah, I can't be too upset, but it's mm -hmm. like, so uh, sucks. it's just a feel bad, you know, because it's mm -hmm. like, I thought I had the game locked down. Like, they're literally at one life and I have Shieldred in play. Uh, or they're at three life, so they draw the card. They would go to one. Um, and, like, I have a bunch of stuff in play, too. They're basically dead. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the only... And they, I had already thought seized away two Quintorius, so there was only two left. And uh, anyways, that's how my tournament starts. <laughs> oh, boy. But I rally. Mm -hmm. I rally. And next thing you know, I'm six and one. And I'm playing winning in for day two. And what... What comes up? But Rakdos midrange. So it's oh. a Rakdos midrange mirror. I was playing Matt Rakdos midrange. I didn't mm -hmm. mention that. And we, you know, fast forward to game three. We've both traded off all of our resources because that's how these things work. And then we're just top decking. And uh, I had the immense skill to draw Fable of the Mirror Breaker Ooh. when we were in that mode. Mm -hmm. And uh, I managed to win that because basically. Fable of the Mirror Breaker is what you want to draw when you have a top deck war against an opponent. Holy shit, um, that's great. Yeah, so I made day two. Day two comes around. I start out 3-0. and So just, just rolling. There's a ton of Quintorius combo. It was the same thing, actually. First game, was, first match was Quintorius combo again. I was like, no, not again. <laughs> But actually, I just like I think that's a pretty strong matchup for Rakdos because yeah. you have so much discard post board, um, and their deck doesn't do anything else. So I'm up three zero, and then I play my fourth match. And by the way, at this point, I think that fourth match I was in the queue for forty five minutes, maybe oh. longer. I eventually match, and I'm against a player known as Jabberwocky. Oh no! If you just know who that is, <laughs> but for those don't who don't know that is that's Reed Duke's cousin. He's very good. He's played in multiple arena championships and pro mm -hmm. tours. Um, fun fact: they release Magic Online stats at the end of the year, and he had the highest win rate of 2023, something like 73, 74 percent across hundreds of matches on Magic Online. He's very good. And I've played against him a few times back when we were doing the SCG online events. Mm -hmm. I lost every time. I always seem to get matched to him. 
matched up against him in those events and I always lost. So I'm like, ah, here we go. This is the first loss. He's on Rakdos Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. He squeaks out game one. Game two, I kind of steamroll him. I was on the play and he didn't have a very good draw. Um, and so game three comes around and it's just so back and forth. I make a few missteps, I think. I think I should have played Kolagon's Command instead of uh, Table of the Mirror Breaker on one of my turns, which is like mm-hmm. a very minor edge. But um, I think those those edges added up because on his like the last turn of the game, he was like, okay, copy, like bring back cat, copy cat with his fable, his flipped fable, and then like attack me with his Croxa, and then play a shock land and bring back his other Croxa for exactly lethal. And the shock land that he needed untapped to do this put him to one. Oh, and I had a shieldred on the battlefield. So it was just like <laughs> exactly lethal with just one point of life left. Oh, I was wow. really impressed with the the line that he found but i was just like i was feeling pretty good because i was like you're on no life and uh i don't know if you could deal exactly enough damage while gaining enough life but you, you could deal you could do exactly that the copying the cat <laughs> token was the big they gave the extra the, life the drain the two-point life swing oh sure sure oh man anyway so i feel bummed about that i think if i played a little tighter i would have actually won that match then I play against Amalia combo right after that. I lose game one easily because that's what Amalia combo does. Mm-hmm. After sideboard, I kind of easily win games two and three. That's just kind of how that matchup goes. Like, Okay. What do you... Okay. All right. <laughs> well, here's where the story takes a turn. Okay. So I'm right. four and one. It's about three hours before the end of the event. Mm-hmm. I do not find another match. I'm in the queue for three hours and I don't find another match. So day two, I ended four and one. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. So I started six hours before the end of the event. Thought that would give Mm -hmm. me enough time. The reason was I wanted to play with my son in the morning. And then when he went, took a nap, I would start the event. Mm -hmm. I know that this can happen to people, but this felt a little absurd. I had, there was so much time left that... Mm -hmm. It kind of feels like the seven o'clock, seven o'clock Eastern time is when the event closes. They shouldn't do that. That's like wildly misleading because I, I was in before four p.m. Yeah, in the match queue, and I just never found anything. So I was thinking this was way later into the night. So seven seven o'clock is not late, right? Like I was. I was starting to get nervous because it took me 45 minutes to an hour, somewhere in that range to yeah. match Jabberwocky. But mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm in, I'm in the 3-0 bracket or whatever. I found a match immediately after that. Once I lost, it was like 3-1 bracket. Oh yeah, you found oh, yeah. a match immediately. <laughs> but then 4-1, I guess, there was just no one else at 4-1 playing at the same time as me. And so I just didn't get a chance to finish the event. And I was playing well, man. And I think I had the best deck I had the best deck because everyone in uh, day two was playing all of these combo decks and I was like just chock full of thought seasons. Yeah. I was playing old school Rakdos, like the new the new trends in Rakdos is like um don't play Bone Crusher Giant. Uh they play Preacher of the Schism instead of Graveyard oh, Trespasser oh, usually. Cool. And they a lot of them are cutting Shieldreds in favor of playing a Gigantha build. 
I think all of that is nonsense. And mm-hmm. I did four Bone Crusher Giants, still got my Graveyard Chest Passer, and three Shield Roots. And Bone Crusher Giant is huge. Like, it's just so good in the mirror. It's so good against yeah. Amalia because it kills Amalia at instant speed. Like, oh. I don't know. I think it's crazy to take out Bone Crusher. Mm-hmm. Um, it, fe- it always feels mediocre, but if you look back on what it did in the game, it's always amazing. So, yeah. I think that's why people are cutting it. But, anyways, that's a tangent. I'm just like, Oh, it was one of the worst feelings ever as the timer like is like you've been in the queue an hour you've been in the queue an hour and a half and then i'm like well now it's 5 30 like i need to win three more matches Mm -hmm. and if the queues are taking this long like i literally can't because i just won't be able to do it and then it turns out i didn't even get a chance to try game to try to get the fifth Uh, one so i'm sorry man that sucks i guess you just have to play at like 9 a.m and so yeah. I think the the whole thing about you can play whenever you want is they just shouldn't true. they just shouldn't do that because yeah. there's just probably a bunch of other people like me who just never got to finish the event despite being actively trying to do it. Yeah, I'm surprised that they wouldn't just like pair match you up or down just like or like or a... honestly day 2 should just be a paired tournament then. Like if mm-hmm. that's essentially what it is that I have to be in at a certain time and I have to be playing at a certain time in order to even have a hope of finishing why are we Pretending. sticking with this other format of like just have there's if there's only like 64 players in or whatever just pair us up like yeah well so I'm, I'm i'm sorry to hear about that that sucks and that's just the worst feeling i'm sure missed my shot at the arena championship i think yeah uh, but I, I was feeling I good say, too when you like... were when you were starting that story i was going to say if you didn't fucking tell me that you are in the arena championship <laughs> until right now i'm going to be so pissed like <laughs> oh i would have if i had qualified for the uh, event i didn't know i would have kind of... i would have slow rolled the whole thing and then be like uh, yeah so qualified for the pro tour in the arena championship i would have been so <laughs> fucking pissed i was like getting there i was like you gotta be fucking kidding me that you didn't say this until now you waited like four days oh god yeah <laughs> Oh, there is some news that I. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a thing you would do too. That's what. I... Oh, I was. I was. Uh, uh, that's what I would have done. I think. I know. I know. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, and now the next one's gonna be like limited. So I was like, can we just run back, explore? I want to do that again. I want to play Rakdos again. <laughs> I know um, all the matchups, and I'm confident in all of them. Please. Yeah. Like, like I enjoy playing all of them, so I think that helps. That is nice. I mean, limited. That that's much more up my alley. I'm much more excited for that. But, I'm excited, uh, but like it's higher variance, right? Like when I'm true. confident in my deck, I know all the matchups, and that's I, true, like, that's I true. think I have the best deck in the field. That's my chance. If there's mm-hmm. a chance to like take the arena to make the arena championship, that's it. Doing it in sealed in a new format. That's, I mean, it's possible. Obviously, people do it. Of course, but uh, doesn't seem like it benefits my skill set as much. It's true. And honestly, not mine either. It just sounds more fun to me. <laughs> it does sound fun. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm going to try. Yeah. I, the the upside is I won like 30,000 gems from that whole event. Because you win 20,000 for making day two. That's... And you wow. win 6,000 for the best of one qualifier. And then wow. day two is kind of like, I think it's 500 gems per win. If you're really just going for the qualifier. Well, because you get all of it the day before, which yeah, is what yeah. they... You already, you already they, won the 20 day yeah, they changed it. I think that it used to be it was with the same with the arena open too, where you'd have to like 
register to get the gyms and they there's so many oh, people yeah, yeah, yeah. missing out on the registration in the morning that they're like you know what <laughs> that's you just nonsense for the gems like, yeah, yeah so stupid um well Anyways, i have a lot of uh murders at karlov manor drafts lined up with my, okay well thirty-five thousand gems that will be fantastic um jeff let's get into some of these cards some of these mechanics let's do it um murders of karlov matter have uh some new mechanics but some old mechanics and some old mechanics that are disguised as new oh, ones oh, oh. um so the first mechanic i just want to say like get it right out of the way investigate obviously is obviously obviously yeah. it's a murder mystery set in ravnica we're investigating you know I remember in the video, Mark Rosewater was saying, you know, we'll talk about disguise in a second. He's like, disguise was like the first thing we knew we wanted to do in this set. I was like, really? And then he says, oh, actually, well, it was the second thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first like, thing okay. was so obvious that we, like, I forgot that we even had to make that decision. But, yeah. yeah. So I was like, right. First thing is investigate. If you don't know Investigate, it's from uh, Shadows Over Innistrad block. So it's like an Innistrad thing. That's what they kind of did. But obviously, it's just everywhere now. Um, and when you investigate, you create a clue token, which is an artifact you pay to sacrifice it to draw a card. Um, not new stuff for us. We have clue, we have tokens all over the place that crack and do stuff. But this is the first one. This is the one that this started is the one us on our path. This started it all, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like this one was, it was weird when they introduced this mechanic. It's like, wait, I get an artifact token that sort of sits around and does something. But it was really awesome and very well received. Mm -hmm. And that's what kind of started them on the whole, you know, pretty soon we saw treasure tokens. And then mm -hmm. now they're like, these are just really great. Like, they're always just... really good mechanics for both yeah. limited and constructed. So uh, as long as they're balanced, like, I think treasure tokens might be a smidge too strong. Yes. But uh, they know that now and they've balanced the cards accordingly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, this this is a great mechanic and it's the first one of this kind. So I'm kind of excited to, like, go back and play with it again now that i've played with blood and i've played with maps you're mm -hmm. like oh does it still hold up or are those for how good it is better as it's like you it's basically like drawing half a card because you have to pay for it um mm -hmm. but i did want to point out one card um there's a bunch of cards that's like enter investigate blah blah, blah all that stuff uh but the the one i was looking at is no witnesses which yeah. is just a whiteboard wipe. It's two white white for sorcery. And it says each player who controls the most creatures investigates, then destroy all creatures. Um, the reason I want to talk about this is actually I saw on Twitter, Saffron Olive was saying that this is, and I think he's completely right, that this is the very obvious point that uh, rotation coming early was a, or rotation being extended was a surprise for like people because the no witnesses this card is depopulate basically like yeah. new new campaign was going to rotate out they're like we need another four mana board wipe that gives your opponent a card this is the one it's basically the same thing but um a little and bit i love worse. you know you just compared a clue token to half a card this is like this is like okay Depopulate doesn't always give them a card. They have to have mm -hmm. a colorless creature. This multicolored creature. The decks, yeah. the decks that when you cast this, you're almost always going your opponent's gonna have more creatures than you. Otherwise, yeah. why are you casting it? Mm -hmm. So this basically always gives always. them half a card, whereas mm -hmm. like depopulate half the time gave them a card and half yeah. the time didn't kind of thing. Um so this is yeah, cool design that definitely 
treads on the toes of depopulate i imagine if there were a hard like blue white style control list and standard it would play like a split maybe i don't know would you even like it just seems like this one's just worse i mean most of the time i guess when i'm playing against oh, but the decks i play don't play a lot of like multicolored creatures i feel like so whenever see, they i'm play... always like blood tithe harvester yeah i see Sucka. and i'm like looking at this depopulate being like do i have any multicolored creatures no oh right. damn it i don't get a card yeah. um so to me it just feels like depopulate is just strictly plus better. the friggin domain player probably played uh what's that uh treasure that makes the green and white one one token oh the briefcase yeah, so the briefcase gives them a multicolored. Oh creature, sure. And then they wipe the board uh and draw a card. And, uh, right. You sneaky little devil. Yeah. Yeah, generally depopulate is, is better than this, I think, because it, even if that if even if you couldn't draw a card off depopulate, it's like giving them a card half the time versus giving them half a card every time, you would mm -hmm. prefer you would prefer depopulate because this the clue token is half a card, sure, but it's also a permanent on the battlefield that some decks can make use of. That's true. That's true. Especially aggro decks, like they can use that artifact in more ways than just cashing it in for a card. That's true. You could turn it into a five four with discover three. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> like, whoa, yes, no witnesses. Bang. Just, uh, five four. Yeah. <laughs> just oh, as a that to happen. So that bad. sounds so good. Um, but yeah, so this is our, our full returning mechanic. Uh, however, we do have some returning quote unquote mechanics, um, that are a little bit different. Um, but we have Morph. Morph is back. It's back. Um, <laughs> just in time for us to have just played Cons of Tarkir. We are now playing with Disguise in Murders at Karloff Manor. Um, Disguise is exactly the same as Morph. Except for it's a little bit better. It's yeah. like strictly better morph. <laughs> yeah. The name the... isn't as good, but it's strictly better. Yeah. Agreed on all points there. Mm -hmm. um, so disguises the creature. The 2-2 two -two creature has ward too. Yeah. I like this. I think like this is a meaningful upgrade to morph. I think if you put mm -hmm. morph in standard, like in a current set, you not only have to warp the limited environment around it, because as you remember from playing cons of Tarkir, like the cards are just less powerful than mm -hmm. what we're used to in a more modern set. And a 2-2 two, two for three that you can't flip up for like significant gain until turn five would just be too bad yeah. in a modern set because they have to include like efficient removal. And I think the ward makes the difference. Like yeah. ward is, is a First of all, I'm pro ward in general. I think ward replacing hexproof has been I, one of the better changes of magic. I, I like some some of it. Some of it I don't like, but yes, being able to add more protection to especially a bunch for of creatures, limited. Yeah, especially for limited, but just everything like yeah. it, the scaling protection is really good. Like, what if Rafine had hexproof? That would be uh, an unreasonable uh, card, right? Disgusting, but horrible. allowing to have that dial. Let's just... them print Rafine and Ward One. It's not that big a deal, but it's, it's annoying enough mm -hmm. that, that you're like, like you have to you can't, you can't forget about it. Yeah. Um, anyway, the card that Jeff was alluding to, the two mana three one, is uh, the card I wanted to talk about for uh, disguise. So, uh, Dog Walker is a card that we have in in Magic now, uh, 
which uh, its mana cost is red, white for a 3-1 human citizen creature. It has vigilance, but it also has disguise, which of course you can pay three colorless mana to put it down. Uh, it's a 2-2 two -two with War 2, and you can flip it up for its disguise cost, which is hybrid Boros, hybrid Boros. And it says when it flips up, uh, you get to create two tapped 1-1 one, one white dog creature tokens. So it's a, a human with their dogs. Um, the reason I want to talk about this card is because I think that in general, Disguise is only going to be in the limited format. We're not really mm -hmm. going to be having a Disguise deck. There will probably be one or two cards that might try to be able to sneak into Standard, but you're not going to play... It's not going to be like your deck. Like, there's no deck that... It, none, no deck's going to be good if you're just playing Disguise. And that's what happened last time in mm -hmm. Khan's block. Um, there were a couple of cards with Megamorph, basically, mm -hmm. that penetrated the standard format, notably Den Protector. Mm -hmm. But it, it just became this thing where anytime you played a Morph, it's like, well, that's a Den Protector. So yeah. what are they going to get back? Like, you know, yeah, the it's just gonna... always knew what it was. Yeah, you're not playing the guessing game of like which which disguised creature is the one that you think it is, like you do yeah. in Draft, which is going to be a very common occurrence, and knowing all of the different disguised creatures will be very important. Yes. Um, but Jeff, why, why, do, why did I pick this card? I want... <laughs> okay. To me, the, th mm -hmm. the thing that, I, that jumped out to me on this card is like, you know, and there's a few options in this set that have also given me this vibe mm -hmm. of a few different cards. But Morrow has talked about like how much silliness is sort of allowed in Magic mm -hmm. in the past, and he's been sort of pushing that boundary. Um, I think Ginger Brute was like the example of the silliest mm -hmm. card in uh, Wilds of Eldraine, or sorry, Throw original Eldraine. Eldraine. Mm -hmm. It was probably not the silliest card in Wilds, but that's exactly yeah. the point. Mm -hmm. um, to me, this was like Dog Walker. It's a card in Magic now. And I was like, that's because Morrow's been pushing that silliness boundary, and now we're at a point where we have Magic cards that are puns, and we have like a just mm -hmm. a guy walking his dogs. The other thing that I was confused about is like, is this person hiding in the shadows with do like? How are they? Dis <laughs> Why are they disguised? And then, ho ho! I'm actually a dog walker. Like, it's it is so funny because their disguise would be a dog walker and then they reveal themselves to be someone else but in fact they reveal themselves to only be a dog walker which is pretty right, funny. like ah, just a dog walker all along yeah here are my dogs you though get them boys it. yeah yeah to be fair the dog walker's dogs are ripped to shit oh they, they are, are yeah. very so muscular. muscular um uh, yeah, but I'm no. just confused about the flavor a little bit. It's like yeah, a mysterious okay. stranger. It's like, oh no, it's the dog walker. <laughs> uh, it could be that sometimes you think people are bad, but they turn out to be good. Like, okay. ooh, I can't really tell. That person's kind of freaking me out. Their dogs are really scary. And then, oh, it's just a dog walker who seems to be having a hard time holding their dogs back. Um, yeah. Because they're <laughs> not theirs. Their dogs are ripped. <laughs> well, their dogs are also not their dogs. They're right. just yeah. walking them. Somebody else owns these dogs. Um, but no, that's not the reason I want to talk about the card. Okay. The reason is because um, since Disguise is going to be like a limited mechanic primarily, this card making two tokens reminds me a lot of Ponyback Brigade from Cons uh, of Tarkir, okay. which is yeah. a really important limited card, which flipped up for like five mana, and it was like Mardu. Yeah. 
this is also boros so the colors are very similar so this is probably not as good because you can't like make blockers since the dogs are tapped which kind of sucks right it's um, much cheaper though it's much cheaper and the other reason i like it is because it has hybrid mana in the disguise cost because mm -hmm. a lot of the common there's a whole cycle of common like right. double colored cards that have hybrid mana which makes it really exciting because as opposed to cons where you're like looking at basically everyone's playing a bunch of dual lands and it's like i it could be a bunch of different things there's a bunch of different colors that they have you're splashing ponyback brigade and your you know other deck that isn't really running black or red um this is the opposite you could run dog walker in your like green red deck or you're right. like you're in your white blue deck because you can still un flip it up like it, there isn't undisguise yeah there isn't really a card for unmorph i, I or yeah the, sorry there isn't a name for unmorph so it's just like you turn it face up but you can do it in a bunch of different decks you can play this in your white black deck or or whatever I think Maybe. people are just going to say unmorph. Uh, probably like when they, when they just, talk about it. They're probably just going to say morph and unmorph, and they're just not going to really say disguise at all. I'm just trying to get ahead of it and say disguise, but I could um, see people saying disguise and unmorph. Weirdly enough, probably. <laughs> um, but I think that's really exciting. I think that the limited this gives me a lot of like excitement for the limited format and all the different things you can do. And it's always fun when you look at a gold card and realize that actually it could be a single colored card. It's, right. It's sort of the opposite of what gold cards usually are. Exactly. Where it's like, oh, I can play this. I always have to play this disguised in my deck, but it's because I want to use these dogs for something else besides just attacking. Maybe I want to sacrifice them for something or um, whatever, or I care about the number of creatures on my board. If it's like a white green deck, who knows? Um, yeah. It's uh and it, it does call back to original Ravnica is when they introduced hybrid man in the first place mm -hmm. everyone was like used to gold cards are hard to cast and like tough early picks it's like wait a minute this is the opposite these are flexible mm -hmm. this is either a white card or a green card it's not it's not you need to be white green it's you need to be white or green mm -hmm. um yeah I, I totally glossed over that the first time and even just in a red white deck like yeah. this is easier to cast like in cons there was a lot of my morph even in a jeskai deck my morph demands red blue white too yeah and it's like this is hey sometimes you play this you just have all planes man even in your red white deck yeah it's like you missed it. out because like in your red white deck you play this as a two mana three one with vigilance that's what you want in your red deck red white deck most of the time anyway but if you draw it later then it has late game value um right. which is uh, it's kind of like kicker all that different kicker talk stuff but like you were saying when you need your jeskai colors to flip up it can be really irritating when you have all planes but then your blue red land they can only yeah. tap for either one uh, and right. you're like i have all the colors i just don't have them all at the same time like that's yeah. what's irritating give me a um, break yeah geez so I, I like this. I like all the other cards that are in this cycle. I'm excited to see which ones we want to try to jam in as many decks. But this is yeah. the first one that called out to me because of the tokens. And I also want to call out just the fact that this mechanic is here. It makes mm -hmm. sense why cons came to Arena. I think they were testing out their ability to code the, ability, the morph mechanic, basically. Yeah. And really lighten the load on them putting this On disguise. Mechanic. Yeah, absolutely. And it just coincidentally also kind of primed a bunch of people to be ready to play with this face down ability again right um i'm i'm really excited for it actually coming from getting kind of tired of morphs and all that stuff this 
has revitalized me for some reason, just seeing like, oh, I have to get ready for this. Well, okay, well, I'll be on board. Well, um, usually when they do their second take on a mechanic, like I know cons was already their second take on Morph, but it was yeah. much better executed than the first take. And this, mm -hmm. you expect it to be even better executed than the previous one. So, uh, and that mechanic went well, went over well for its time. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to see, you know, cards like this, like you just pointed out, just they identified what was wrong with the last time they implemented it and why mm -hmm. it may not just copy paste into the new set. And uh, yeah, I think this is a very skill rewarding mechanic, but also a mechanic just leads to less non games. And totally. so I'm really excited to, to try a limited set where they, they're a little better designers now and they, you know, can yeah. Seems basically sweet. just, not do it in a way where everyone has to just go tap land, tap land, turn three morph. And yeah. Let's let's stall the game out because everyone just wants to play morphs. So I'm excited to see how that goes if we don't have too much of the tap land, tap land morph thing. Um, because we, they, there's keeping the rule, it's like the rule of five, which is basically a, a morph, a common morph will never be able to unmorph and eat the other creature, the other morph creature, if two morphs get into a fight. You'll never be able to unmorph your creature for less than five mana to just straight up eat the other creature. They'll always trade otherwise. So it makes it yeah. a little bit easier to know, like, if you get into a rumble with somebody, if you can survive or not. Um, now, don't... this is still, like, feels pretty bad if my opponent flips this, trades, and has two one ones to show for it. But... It's true. And <laughs> it only for two great. mana. Feels, yeah. feels pretty bad. Um, but, hey, that's why this card's going to be great. I called it right. <laughs> um, well, Boros is clearly going to be the strongest deck. So. Obviously. Uh, we do have another returning mechanic, which is Manifest, except for this time it's called Cloak, because it cloaks right. it into a face-end creature. Um, if you're not familiar with this, it basically is morph for cards that don't have morph. So you can cloak something from your hand or the top of your library or on the battlefield or on your opponent's library or in your graveyard. I don't know. And that, that's meaningfully different because Manifest was always the top card of your library. Oh, I did not realize that. Okay. Yeah. So, But it just makes sense. Like, mm -hmm. But basically Manifest, like Cloak, you can be a little more sneaky where you, like, ah. you can cloak a, a creature intentionally. Manifest was always like Random. I hit a creature. That's pretty sweet because yeah. you get them. Mm -hmm. But uh, for the most part, you never expected to flip your manifests. There are lands, or they're just like random cards from the top yeah. of your library. So basically, you can only flip it up if it is a creature. You can flip it up for its mana cost. If it happens yeah. to also be a disguise creature, you can flip it for its disguise cost and get That's the true. ability, yeah. which is pretty sweet. Um, or it could just be any card, and you're just juking your opponent out. It could be a land. A land becomes a two-two. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and because of all that, this is, depending on what kind of cards they printed on, this is much more likely to see play and constructive than yes, you'll, uh, Disguise. Mm -hmm. Just because uh, there are certain cards where it's kind of just stapled onto it, or there are certain cards where it's like, do this or cloak something from your hand, something stuff yeah. like that. Like there was um, a green-white manifest deck last time. In, uh, oh, oh, yeah, right. It was, it was the worst. That was the worst deck ever. Like the mirror match <laughs> would be like this person's at three hundred and forty-eight, and this person's at four hundred and twelve, and they just have sixty creatures each that are all two twos, and they're slamming into each other. Oh, that's awful. You're always like, why is this Grand Prix taking so long? It's like, oh, right, because people are playing green-white mirror matches. Oh. oh, 
Better that sounds time. disgusting. I don't like that. Um, a way for that to stop happening is actually the next card I was going to talk about, which is Vanifar Evolved Enigma, which is two green blue for a three, four legendary creature elf ooze wizard at mythic. It just says at the beginning of combat on your turn, you choose one. You can cloak a card from your hand, boom, boom, or put a plus one, plus one counter on each colorless creature you control. So I don't think this card's going to be good in standard, but this is one of the cards that can totally bust a board stall if the format in the limited form, or sorry, if the limited format happens to be very board stall-y, where there's a bunch of like, I have a morph, you have a morph. Do I unmorph it to try to break through? I don't really know. Yes. Yeah. You just put counters on all your morphs or your disguise creatures, well, I guess. This card's kind of a house. It could see play at standard. I think like we're going to talk about a lot today mm -hmm. and for the next week or, or a couple weeks. I mean, the, the three-year rotation is going to hurt a lot of these cards. Mm -hmm. But this is a lot, man. Like, just on its own, it's a 3-4 and a 2-2. Two, two. That can that two two That's can true. surprise anything. Like the fact anything. that it happens at the beginning of combat, I think it's pretty huge because you yeah. play this on your first main, obviously, and it triggers right away. Um, it also... and then once you get a bit of a board, like you were saying, then you just mm -hmm. start counters everywhere. Yeah, on all your creatures that are colorless slash artifacts. So your ginger brutes just get counters, Oof. counters, 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 Love counters. Love that. Mm. <laughs> Your I flip this two two into a one one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like it keeps all the counters, right? So, like, you can just yeah, for sure, yeah. And now it can't be blocked. Cool so yeah, um, seems or it can be blocked, but they have to have haste. Blah, like, blah, if blah, there blah. is a disguise deck, you know, this card has to be a part of it because you're just putting your disguise creatures down for free. For free, yeah. Uh, and then growing them, like. That's, this is powerful, but the bar for four drops in standard is quite high right now. So yeah, it's definitely not. I it's definitely not oppressive, and would be really cool if it made it into a deck. I don't think it will, but I I want to play this in draft <laughs> for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, this is an absolute bomb in draft. So. Freaking bombs! It also <laughs> is cool because it incentivizes you not to undisguise your creatures. Right. If you're like in your that part of the game where you're like, well, if I draw Vanifar, I really don't want my creatures to be flipped, so I better keep them turned face down. Um, I think that's a good good idea. Um, Jeff, we yeah. are gonna collect some evidence. Can you tell me what this mechanic <laughs> yeah. does, what it is, and uh, what we're talking about? Yeah, sure. It's uh, Kicker Delve or Delve Kicker. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, basically, when you cast cards. Usually it's when you cast some, but mm -hmm. but okay, there are some other times. Like I think one of the cards has ward for collecting mm -hmm. evidence. A collect evidence basically means if there's collect evidence six, you have to exile six mana value worth of cards from your graveyard. So it's similar to delve, but instead of saying exile six cards, it's saying exile six mana worth of mm -hmm. cards. So notably, lands basically do nothing for collecting mm -hmm. evidence. And so it's not stupid with fetch lands in the same way that uh, Delve yeah, was. So it's sort of like fixed Delve, and then most of the cards you're going to see this as a kicker, where um, you choose to collect evidence. If you don't do it, you get a 
barely pedestrian card. If you do it, you get some sort of bonus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the one we're talking about is Analyze Pollen, which is a single green for a sorcery. You can, uh, as an additional cost, when you cast the spell, you can collect Evidence 8. Uh, basically on its face, you just search your library for a basic land card, uh, and you put it into your hand. But if you collected Evidence, you can search your library for a creature or any land put into your hand. So a one-mana tutor later in the game. This is like, uh, what's that that card from uh, Shadows of Rainestrad? One that people like Ulvenwald, uh, something, something. It's like uh, that. Yeah, yeah. It has I played uh, so much of this delirium. No, but it's yeah, it's the same card, right? But delirium triggers. Yeah. The the kicker instead of collect instead of collect evidence. It it'll come. It'll come to me. I'll just yeah. shout it out at some point during the stream. But we'll we'll see how collect evidence goes. I think it's pretty interesting because it you know, it, to me. Most of the time I'm playing, my favorite cards and decks are ones that are really low mana cost. So Collect Evidence to me is like, ugh, I don't want to do that at all. Like Collect Evidence 8, ugh, I, that's so many cards. Like I just don't <laughs> really want to have to do that. Um, but in older formats, it does work very well with things like Treasure Cruise and stuff where you delve away your graveyard and then you have a Treasure Cruise and then you, you get Collect Evidence like 8 just by having it. So yeah. that uh, could seem a little busted. That's very interesting in that sense, but traverse the old traverse the old world. There it is. I knew that you were just going to sit there and try to. Figure That's it like out. I know. I'm just right there. It's right there. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it's also like a bit cannibalistic with delve. So mm -hmm. if you have to cast this before your treasure cruise, that really sucks because yeah. your entire deck's pretty cheap. Mm -hmm. um, so it's basically like delving away your graveyard. Mm -hmm. um, I like this. I think I think this is kind of a fixed delve. Like yeah. Delve is busted and this seems like it's not, but uh you never know with this graveyard thing. It, it's also the type of thing where like delve was one ability that got cheaper and this is two abilities, one that's the cheap ability and one that's the more expensive right. ability. It's sort of like reverse delve in a sense because mm -hmm. almost uh, all the the cards are like cheap for the most part in the like same way elements. that like prototype was reverse kicker right like prototypes yeah. like delve and this is like uh <laughs> yeah exactly it's like that weird thing uh prototype uh. <laughs> anyway <Yeah>. um <laughs> not the all-star mechanic uh, no, didn't really uh, get there i think but... this one's gonna be pretty good though i mean mm -hmm. i like i think in general because we've come to a spot where the like the graveyard as a resource thing has come so far, I think giving every deck a way to use their graveyard in some way is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Because it's just like other otherwise the, the power imbalance just pushes too far. It's like mm -hmm. every card I'm using, I'm then reusing it. You're not gonna be able to keep up keep up with that unless mm -hmm. you're also doing something similar. And I think this is a great mechanic for that. Like even your aggro deck can collect evidence later on totally. now, which is yeah, like true. you said, it's probably a lot of cards to collect evidence up to mm -hmm. six or seven, but it gives you something, right? That's Instead true. of it just being totally literally ruthless, nothing. Like, yeah, I, I just don't care. That's, that's true. Like moving away from, oh, green and black are like graveyard decks and or like right. graveyard strategies and nobody else cares. Just being like, it's you know like they could do it better than mm -hmm. you. 
but everyone uses that resource in the same way that like blue draws cards the best, but everyone can draw cards. Yeah. Or well, for the most well, part. Sort of. Yeah, 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 sort With of. clue tokens, it's definitely true now. That's but, true. That's very true. Um, yeah. Although then again, on the other side, it makes cards like Graveyard Trespasser that just incidentally hate on graveyard stuff. Just a little bit better. That's true. That is true. Um Jeff, as you're finishing your beer, I think we should yeah, yeah. move on to the next beer before we keep talking about cards because I don't have any more and I want to be drinking it. That's smart. That's okay. smart. I'm glad that you're on board with this. Yeah. Uh, our next beer is also from True History. It is called Styx and it's their Oktoberfest Marzen, which is 5%. So this is one of the ones that looked a little bit more interesting to me just because those types of beers are something that I'm a little bit more interested in than the yeah. lagers. Lagers are delicious and, and wonderful, um, but they never like grab me, right? Right. So excited for this one. Uh, I don't want to give it too off topic, but I just wanted to crack this and just take a moment to say we're doing it. It was just a convenient time to do it. It was. Um, I suspected that it would be a good time to talk about some beer. Um, and <laughs> while we're talking about that, uh, our next mechanic is Suspect. Yeah, you targeted a convenient time to open the next beer. Yes, yes, I did. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yes. I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about this specific card until you said that. So <laughs> now, now you have guess, to. Yeah, now I have to. <laughs> um, so uh, suspect is actually an ability that just, um, it's like a keyword that gets slapped onto creatures. Uh, you can put it, obviously, on your opponent's creatures. It can be put on your own creatures. Um, and what happens is if a creature is a suspect of the case, they get menace and they can't block, which is... I think great. It's just like pushes yeah. the game forward. It's like attack with this creature. It's hard to block and it just has to keep moving. And eventually it'll get caught or killed. That's essentially what it means, which is kind of interesting with the flavor of suspect. Yeah. Um, so the card that Jeff was alluding to is convenient target, which is a single red mana for an enchantment aura. It says enchanted creature. Um, convenient target when it enters the battlefield suspects the enchanted creature so it gives it menace and can't be blocked and enchanted creature gets plus one plus one and then if uh, convenient target is in your graveyard you can pay two and a red to return it to your hand so you can just keep making new convenient targets over and over again um, you can also put it on your opponent's creatures so they can't block um, so that's good as well uh, more... This card seems really strong to me. I I like auras. I like auras that you can play over and over again. Um, so we don't really... like. It's expensive to bring it back from the graveyard, but it's very cheap to play. And yeah. it helps you in both situations of the aggressive deck of like, I want to get in early, and then once their board is bigger, or once they have a threat that's... Um, you or something that you can't attack through, like a shield rate or something like that, you can make it so it can't yeah, block. Exactly. I wouldn't be surprised if this penetrates standard. Like, plus one plus one and menace is a lot for one mana. Mm -hmm. And at their early point in the game, like you said, you don't care that your creature can't block because you're it, the aggressor. No. And then, yeah, exactly. You top deck your fourth, fifth mountain or whatever. Just bring this back and you remove, you make their shield not able to block. Mm -hmm. Like, 
that's going to swing a lot of games. So I could also, you know, I wouldn't be surprised either way if like I never see this card outside of limited or if this just becomes a staple in mono red, I could kind of see it being yeah anywhere on it, that uh, spectrum. That's really true. Mono red would be really happy with this. Um, some sort of card advantage. It triggers all of your um, uh, monastery swift spears. Yeah, your prowess. Mm -hmm. So that's helpful. Um, but also, there's a I, lot on a one mana card. It's a yeah. lot of stuff. Hey, one mana ores, man. I'm always on board for them. Yeah. Or even like maybe this is goes into your picnic ruiner deck. You know. I mean, get that picnic ruiner through if it yeah. menace and or remove the blocker. That does sound tasty and something to do. It does trigger a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. Yeah, this. It draws itself instead of like Audacity, which we're playing right now, which draws yeah. cards. But. Mm, I, don't I think know. this is a great example of the mechanic. Yes. Because it just does the two things. Like um that that the mechanic does, which is, hey, my creature can't block, or the suspected creature can't block, but also it has menace, and like you said, just really gonna push the game forward and make it actually end. Yes, which is always good. If people try to tell yeah. you that games ending is bad, don't believe them. Game should end. Game should always end. Yeah. At some point, yeah. um, Jeff, this next card, this is the last like official new thing from the set. Um, but I want you to tell us about this card because you found something uh, particularly interesting about this one. All right. So the next thing is called Cases. Um, they are a type of enchantment. And uh, they they sort of look, I mean, they, they're flipped, but they look a bit like sagas. But mm -hmm. they're they're quite a bit different. Basically, what a case is, is it'll have an ability that's just always there. This enchantment does that. And then th they're almost like enchantments with kicker that you can kick later. <laughs> because then you have to solve them. And once they're solved, they do a new thing as well, as well as the original thing. So the example we have here is Case of the Stashed Skeleton. It's one in a black. When it enters the battlefield, you create a 2-1 black skeleton creature token and suspect it. To solve this case, you have to control no suspected skeletons. Now, it's worth noting that cases are solved at your end step. Mm -hmm. So if the opponent kills your creature on their turn, this still takes your full next turn to solve, um, which I think is a real bummer for this mm -hmm. particular card. Yeah. But okay, if that skeleton dies, it's solved. And the solved ability, um, in this case, is an activated ability, but it doesn't have to be. It adds the activated ability. One in a black, sack this to search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then shuffle, activate only as a sorcerer. So basically, this is a 2-1. You can think of this as a 2-1 menace that can't block, and it dies into a demonic tutor. Mm -hmm. So with some weird timing stuff about when and, it dies and all that when you get that demonic too. But it's also like a recurrable creature that is, you know, there are ways to be able to do that. Um, 
Specifically, this card goes into the skeleton deck that we're trying to build right now. Uh, yeah. There's a, there's a couple different enchantments that make skeletons that strangely have been coming out recently. Yeah. Uh, this one is a two drop. The the one from Lost Caverns is a three drop that gives skeletons haste, uh, and it recurs itself. So, or it bounces itself back to your hand basically. Um, so these two cards plus like some sacrifice engines or something like that. Um, I don't know what it is, but there's it feels like there's something. It's got the bones for a deck, right? Yeah, love it. <laughs> so the problem I see is that we're going to build this awesome board of skeletons, and we're just going to be missing that one card to really break through. And then our opponent's going to come in with convenient target and suspect one of our skeletons so that this case doesn't get solved. <laughs> yeah, that would be it. That's that just a common, that's going to be a common thing that happens in standard. Constantly. Yeah. No, this skeleton needs to not be suspected. Damn Are you it. Trying to get rid of this? That was a really convenient target. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, but no, so we're, we're looking at this, this skeleton themed deck, but um, also, Jeff, there's another thing about this card that we're talking about yeah. specifically that eh, I think you should bring up. Yeah, so I was, this is basically because I'm old, but uh, I was uh, looking at this card and I was kind of looking at how I feel about the difference between sagas and this, because they're flipped mm -hmm. and the art's on the other side. So I'm kind of like going down the card left and right. Yeah, to be fair, this is what classes looked like in the D&D. &D yeah, so. yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, but I was just like, hadn't seen it in a while. I'm mm -hmm. like, Because oh. he here's the thing, like cases could have been flip cards like transform when you meet this criteria the only awkward mm -hmm. part is you have to reprint the first thing again on the back side that's true but it, i'm not sure which one's better i i think i do like this but it may have been less confusing as a flip card i'm not sure but i i kind of like the flow of this that's like this then you solve and then you get that mm -hmm. um but that's kind of what I was thinking about. Should these just be flip cards? Um, anyway, so I was looking, you know, left, right, and I'm reading. And when I get to the bottom part and then I look to the left, I'm sort of in the lower quadrant or lower third of this uh, art. And I just see a Jace doll that immediately triggers my memory because there was a card in Ravnica Allegiance that was like famous for this, just having this silly Jace doll in the art. And so I was like, whoa, that's like, that's the same Jace doll for sure. And so I go look up the card art and I'm like, oh, it, it definitely is. And so, and then I look and in his hand, it kind of looks like he has one of the the top things to the Jace mm -hmm. doll. That, oh yeah, for sure. The puppet. Uh, a puppet's a better word than doll because mm -hmm. he, he's puppeteering the Jace doll. In the yeah, he's so a I was like, oh, that's... He's a marionette, yeah. Right, marionette. There we go. So I'm like, oh, that's kind of cute. Like the cult guild mage from Ravnica Allegiance is this dead body, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, because they have the, you know, the puppet master's handle there and the little Jace marionette stowed away. So I just thought that was kind of a cute uh, nod to a previous Ravnica set. Which is always fun. Um, that is not the only thing in, there's a ton of clues in the set for a bunch of different things. So everyone's looking for different stuff. Um, he also is holding a lead pipe, which is part of the clue thing, um, which goes into there's a oh, card right. that will be a lead yeah, pipe yeah. in the set. Um, but I love that. I love when we get to have characters that aren't really legendary come back 
because you get the legendary characters and they're very they get their own card and everything that's but, in your face for sure yeah but it's nice when you have little sprinkles of it so this is like just delicious and just so fun yeah um, awesome it could turn out so. to be something bigger and it might just be a throwback to you know the a, old ravnica a card yeah yeah but really like it i'm you know i might be playing this card we'll see i I can't tell how good this card is, to be honest. I think I think if it gave you the Demonic Tutor right away, as soon as the creature died, I would be in for this, for sure. Yeah. The awkward part is, like, the first part is something an aggro deck wants, and the last part is something not an aggro deck wants, generally. Mm-hmm. Is it a creature combo deck, then? That's what I'm thinking, like, is this an Aristocrats kind of card, where you can sack mm-hmm. that creature at will... Go but that's why it kills it that it's next turn that you get to demonic tutor. That's true um, because like you can you have to do it on your end step or whatever. So your opponent knows that you got a piece for the deck. You know they have one turn to win basically. Yeah, but if it was like two one, menace, when this dies, sorry to use this word, but conjure a demonic tutor into your hand. That's that's a good that's a pretty good card. Um, I think the fact that, that is, there's the time delay here might kill it. There's but... the time delay. It's also on board, so your opponent can kill it. They can use Besage you to blow it up. They right. can do several yeah. different things. Um, um, so honestly, I think this it's... is like just shy of <laughs> me ever maybe. actually playing it, but uh... yeah, it's close. It just needs a very specific deck, and I don't know yeah. if that deck exists. It's definitely one of those, like, it looks enticing. Um I think in draft it's gonna not be good because I don't know. I think I think a lot of people are gonna play this in draft when they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're interested in a two one suspect for two, you should play this yeah. card. If and you if want. you're not, you shouldn't. Yes. Because like also what are you gonna tutor like a just a big guy? Yeah. Just a big boy. Like you should think of that that last thing as as gravy on a card like, you're already interested in. If you like have to go get something i guess you get to draw a card two mana draw the card you want from your deck and hopefully it's the right one but i think most of the time it would just not be um but yeah anyway cool thing cases seem interesting uh lots of words i'm happy they're actually not flip cards because i i i I like that we don't need more flip cards after having lost caverns where there's a ton it's nice to have like you know what let's not yeah so that is nice. This set is also sufficiently complicated already. It already is very complicated. Yeah. Well, we have flip cards is in the 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 backside of every card just says like two two with ward two, you know. So right. Um, it's nice that uh, we can just be like, you know what? We don't need flip cards that are also disguise creatures somehow. Yeah. <laughs> it also probably doesn't work super well because you turn it face down and it's face up. So maybe they purposely were like, we can't. Oh, that's have... a good point. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Flip like cards. in a vacuum, maybe it makes sense to make case cards flip mm-hmm. but yeah what the whole point is you play cards face down because then it's like you can't really cloak your thing <laughs> you're like oh i cloak this hold on hold on just yeah <laughs> this one you can't see it though <laughs> just kinda... i don't know maybe maybe it should we just send a message to the the animals that just play sleeveless that they need to smarten <laughs> <Just> up <laughs> <get sleeves. laughs> yeah. yeah it's true i mean you should just you, everyone should be everyone plays with sleeves now Except for, well, everyone who's listening to this podcast plays with sleeves, if yeah. they're ever in paper. Um, Just go get your katanas. You cannot see through them. I've tried mm-hmm. under every light. <laughs> uh, 
I still like Dragon Shield, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> see through Dragon Shields, man. At least not all. Not at the least ones like I years ago when I last tried it. But like the matte Dragon Shields that claimed you couldn't see them through them. I was about to start a tournament and I was like, I could see through this. I have to. You just get the so black ones. It's fine. And then, well, well, I had like <laughs> copper. I think. Yeah, don't don't get cheeky colors like that. I have I have yellow katanas, man. Can't see shit. You can't see through the yellow ones? No. I don't believe you. You can't. Trust me. They're like two sleeves in one. They're very expensive, I guess. Okay. All right. Anyway, uh, Jeff, we did get some new rare dual lands, which are shock lands. Of course, it's Ravnica. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, we actually get a new type of land that, uh, well, we're talking about strictly better things. Disguise is strictly better morph besides the name. Um, same thing with cloak is just strictly better manifest. So we got a strictly better temple. Yeah. Um, these are the surveil lands. They have, uh, they enter the battlefield tapped. They're all 10 guilds. And when they enter the battlefield, you surveil one. So yeah, the temple scried these ones do more than that. You can put something in your graveyard and, and they have basic land types makes them fetchable yeah so right so they're they're temple cop i've been waiting for these for a while because mm-hmm. i think they've started to just replace scry with surveil and i think with good reason i think surveil is just more interesting and better than scry mm-hmm. as a mechanic like again we're giving everyone ways to use their graveyard makes surveil kind of interesting but also just the sub game of remembering the cards that are on the bottom of my library and when in what order like I'm sorry to fetch flesh and blood fans out there, but that seems awful to me and and super boring. So let's just not make that a skill that's required for this game. Um, well, it it only matters when you get to that point in the game, and then you kind of remember when you're playing flesh and blood. You're like, just saying, oh, right? Just saying, <laughs> being good at remembering what cards are on the bottom of my deck in what order sounds terrible. Um, and so like surveil doesn't bother with that, and scribe scribe mm-hmm. does. And also scry incentivizes like shuffling and stuff. Oh, like I know I sent this to the bottom. Let me like strategically shuffle. And while I'm fine with strategic shuffling being in like the older formats, I do agree with their decision moving forward. Strategic shuffling shouldn't be a thing. Mm -hmm. It's kind of dumb. So I've been thinking like they're going to make surveil temples for sure. I was just wondering like, is it surveil one or is it surveil two? Uh, They went with surveil one plus make it fetchable. Or like make it basic land types. So if they besage you, you can get this. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is pretty interesting. You know, you mentioned earlier, there are some hints that they were expecting rotation to have happened when they designed this set. I think this is another example. All this, all the decks that want this probably prefer Triome, or sorry, mm-hmm. whatever the Triome, whatever people are calling the Triomes from. They're Triomes, yeah. New Commander, yeah. Like, Generally, you want the Triumphs over this. Um, so maybe once the Triumphs rotate, I think you'll see people play one or two of these like here and mm-hmm. there. Um, aggro decks aren't super interested in this, no, but slower decks are interested. The problem is the slower decks are currently like five color soup type stuff that uh, that would prefer Triumphs. So yeah, these have a lot going for them. I think they are they're good enough to see standard play in a traditional standard environment we've just in an environment that has such good mana right now that mm-hmm. 
it's going to be hard for these to crack. So I, I would wait for like a, a year. Yes. Next before fall. you'll see this a lot. I think you'll see one or two here. Like Esper will play the blue black one and or some yeah, yeah or something, something like, like that. But you're, we're literally talking like one or two copies in the 75. Yeah. You'll probably want to get all four just because it's always just good. To yeah, have I'm them. still going to draft but, these for sure. But next fall when Bloomborough comes out, like then you'll see it because that's when all the slow lands uh, cycle out and right. the, um, well, the slow lands, the channel lands and the, um, the, the triumphs are all gone. Right. Like, again, they were like, you know, all of the mana is going to favor aggressive decks. Mm -hmm. In standard, we need to print something that is good for the slower decks decks. in standard. And then rotation didn't happen, and now it's kind of like, wah, wah. Here's something you're not going to use for six months. So, but still, still take them. They're still worth it. They're not as bad as, nothing is as bad as the Snarls. The snarls. Yeah, that that's just our motto on the show. Yeah, I, I drafted all the snarls too, but I, I didn't even like, play them. Yeah, I, no, I, I don't think I ever played any of them. I drafted them. I just don't. I don't play them. You never know, but uh, like they might have just decided to go cold on standard mana for a few years, and like that's the best you got. That's, but, that's true. That's true. Uh, but that's not that's what not they what did. Happened. In fact, they were like, you know what? You could have more mana. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> You have all the mana. So it will be interesting to see in the future how they slowly either adjust what the mana bases are going to look like in the future. Like we won't yeah. realize probably till next year what it's going to look like. But but, but yeah. I like these. I I think this is a a good fix, quote unquote, or like a good modernization of temples. Because mm-hmm. temples are a bit lackluster. Yeah, I have like all the temples in paper, so this makes me a little sad, but. <laughs> that's also because the temples are like 25 cents so yeah it, it's like oh now these are literally don't ever use these ever cool all right yeah. never mind i mean like in commander you still can only play one <laughs> that's true <laughs> sweet so i'll just forget which is this the one that's grays or this one that's revealed? i don't remember um, yeah i'll have to like read it what a bummer mm, no commander games are too long you can't read cards um <laughs> sack's just out there fetching temples <laughs> <laughs> oh you can do it oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Jeff, there is a sweet planeswalker we got to talk about. Um, Do you want to read out Kaya Spirits Justice? Sure, do. It's two white black for a planeswalker Kaya with three loyalty. It has the totally new player friendly static ability that says whenever one or more creatures you control and/or creature cards in your graveyard are put into exile, you may choose a creature card from among them. Until end of turn, target token you control becomes a copy of it, except it as flying. I know everyone totally parsed that, so yeah. let's keep moving <laughs> on. Keep moving on. <laughs> <laughs> as a plus two, surveil two, then exile a card from a graveyard. Plus one, create a one one white and black spirit creature token with flying. And minus two, exile target creature you control for each other player, exile it to one target creature that player controls. Um, yeah, this is the most confusing static ability I've ever seen. <laughs> this, so uh, I had read this card when I it first got spoiled. I was like, okay, that's kind of crazy. And then right before we got on to do the podcast, I was reading it again, and I read the first bit. I was like, what the fuck does that say? Basically, what it's saying is that every time you exile something, you get to then also exile a creature card from a graveyard, and then you can make one of your tokens turn into it but it has flying 
um, until end of turn. <laughs> no, so, so like whenever something gets exiled from play or your graveyard, you choose if it's a creature, you can make a token a copy of. Oh, it. what are the 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 creatures gets exiled? See, even yeah. I, even as we're talking about it, <laughs> and I it's a bummer that it's not from library. But anyways, it has to be like something gets exiled from the battlefield or from your graveyard. Yes. If if it's a creature, you can make your a token a copy of that. But you only get to do choose one of the creatures again. So if you exile right, like right, your right, whole right, graveyard, right. you don't get right, it. Right, right. I'm on I'm on board. I'm on board now. No, yeah, yeah. it's 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 not the, the beers I drank before this that are confusing me at all. It's definitely Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it um, could be that. I mean thing... it literally just is confusing. <laughs> it's super confusing. But before we get into all the other abilities, just this by itself. A planeswalker that is four mana, there is a very common five mana spell that exiles all the creatures on the, the battlefield and then creates a token. Right. Might be good in this deck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, not yeah. only am I going to exile all the cards on the, the battlefield, I'm going to make a token, and then my token turns into the best creature on the battlefield. But it's Good only thing. until end of turn. And the token oh, I guess so it doesn't have, that's true. It doesn't have haste. That's true. That's so unless true. something has haste, I don't know. This is a very weird card. Uh, that's why I wanted it, to talk about it because it's like so weird. It also becomes a copy, so you don't get any of the enter the battlefield effects. Right. Because so, I'm like, is it a reanimator thing? No. No. Because generally in reanimator, you want to ETB. Like, what am I supposed to be doing with this? Um, Just big dumb stats. But I, I wanted to say I like the weird the direction they're taking, where there's one planeswalker a set, and it's super fucking weird. And yeah, like it's probably terrible, but at least it's interesting. Mm -hmm. And it these abilities are fine. They all work. Plusing like the thing. the thing that jumps out to me is plusing to make a one one with flying is is good. It's very good. Everything else seems like uh, <laughs> I don't know. But uh... I mean, surveil to exile a card from a graveyard. This is what I think. This is what got me confused. So surveil to then you exile a card from a graveyard, which could be a creature, which could turn a token into a thing. Right. So I guess you're supposed to make a token, and then on your next turn, surveil and exile from your own graveyard a creature, mm -hmm. and then make that token a copy of that. And yeah. I guess that creature has to have like 12 power or something for this to be, yeah. really be worth it. <laughs> but... Or like when it attacks, it does something. But then it also gives the token flying and the tokens it makes already have flying. But you can turn Oh, it's clues. a copy. The copy would get rid of the flying, I guess. So that's, it's like, I see. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, it would it would become a copy. So it's of just that. saying, like, okay, it also has. But flight. you can it works with clue tokens as well. Yeah, yeah. So you can like turn a clue into something, and then whenever that attack, like, you could turn it. I I don't really know, but you could you could do a bunch of stuff. Maybe it's uh, you you play this in a top end of like some sort of Azorius. <laughs> with See, I want to combo it. I want to combo it with the other weird ass plane. Walker we got, which is Ashiok, which was all about <laughs> like true. exiling cards. And whenever you That's exile true. a card, it, the tokens get it, it makes tokens that get a counter whenever you exile a card. So if you copy something, they still have those counters. That's like, true. And it's they, like a it, weird combo. But that's why right I was saying it. like Kaya doesn't care about library exiles and, oh, Ashiok, and Ashiok exiles from library. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Otherwise, it works super well. Um, so I'm going to make, like, janky, weird planeswalkers.deck, and that's going to be for Kaya, for Ashiok, and then, uh, I don't know, we'll, we'll throw some some of the weirder Kellens in there, too, because why not? Yeah. You know, Fucking 
killing. This card could could range anywhere from wildly unplayable to like decent. They and... do this with Kaya all the time. Remember, yeah. remember the three mana Kaya that everyone was like, "This card's fucking trash." And then everyone, I like, love well, it's card. either I play amazing. it all the time. Yeah, so it's like people are either this is amazing or terrible. Um, I actually want to play that card in Timeless because I think it would be excellent. Oh yeah. Timeless. Wait, I mean, which one are you talking about? The tokens one, or the the one before that? The the three mana one. There are the two, two three mana Kaya's, and one of them cares about tokens or something. I'm not talking about that. One. I'm talking no, about the one that exiles, exiles one mana one cost. Mana cost. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. that that's would be the, good. That's in, the one I'm that could about. be good in timeless. It that's exiles true. graveyards mm -hmm. and one mana spells. And there's a lot of one mana spells. That does make a sense. lot of graveyard stuff. Mm -hmm. That sounds cool. I'd be down yeah. for that deck. Uh, anyway, but yes. Uh, I'm definitely on board for this type of design, even though I completely misunderstood it when I read it the first three times. Um, I, I'm still not 100% sure I get it, but I think yeah. I understand what they're trying to say. Um, it's it's just like now Kaya makes ghosts, I guess. Yeah. Instead and it wants you to ghosts, be tokens, but also wants you to have also, creatures. It wants you to be tokens, but also, yeah. And also have some sort of big creature or know that your opponent has a big creature is it good enough for your opponent like to just make an atraxa it doesn't enter but you get to swing with the seven seven vigilance lifelink flyer i don't know that's what that's what i'm gonna find out like i plus, said i think it ranges gain seven ranges from yeah. wildly unplayable to decent i have a hard time believing it could be much better than decent it's also and if like, i had to guess i would say it's like my money's on pretty close to wildly unplayable yeah. on that on that range, but yeah, like it's so weird that I've just never. This could be doing something that's more powerful that I'm not really understanding right now. Until someone, this is gonna be one of those when someone whoops my ass with this card, I'll be like, oh, that's what it does and what yeah. you're supposed to do. Okay. So, question with this: If you minus two, so you could like four mana play it minus two exile target creature you control for each other player exile up to one do you have to have a target for this to uh, resolve? you have to exile your own creature yes like so you can't no just like exile it. theirs for free okay if you have zero creatures i think the idea is you have a token and an awesome creature the awesome creature cannot get through their awesome creature so you're like get rid of those two copy it onto my token no you you have two tokens that suck they have one awesome creature you exile one of your tokens and their awesome creature make your token their awesome creature and then you attack right the problem is that static is creatures you control you don't get to copy your opponent's stuff it's creatures what? you control or creature cards in your graveyard that's what i'm saying it wants you to be tokens and creatures at the same time because you have to have the creature so you oh, with, with the minus the two you wait. only get to copy your wait. own creature I, I feel like we should just <laughs> the amount of times i still don't understand this card yeah. are you kidding okay whenever one or creatures you control or creature cards in your graveyard okay this card sucks <laughs> <laughs> it's asking what, a lot that's it's why i kept saying attraxa because i was like oh your opponent i was like Atraxa. yeah you could put attraxa in this deck i guess no 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 you shouldn't put attraxa <laughs> in this deck um no i don't like this at all um <laughs> I, I exile my attraxa and your three three <laughs> yeah copy attraxa onto my one one token it's just no it's terrible <laughs> um i don't like it 
I don't like it, it anymore. It's rough. It's a rough design, man. At it's four rough. mana, it's like, whoa. The fact that it only says your, which I didn't realize the first four times I read this card. <laughs> <laughs> this this is like premium jank, you know? There's, there's going to be like a, a, you know, you mentioned Saffron Olive before. There's going to be mm-hmm. a deck that he builds around this thing. Probably, uh, yeah. Um, I'm intrigued by it, but I think it's probably terrible. Yeah, I don't know if I even care about taking this card in the draft at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe honestly, plus two surveil two every turn is probably good enough in draft, but or just like make one ones every turn. Sorry, I guess I meant for my no pass list. I don't know. We're oh, talk yeah, about that. we're gonna talk about that in two weeks, but usually the planeswalker gets on there. I don't know if that's gonna happen this time. Yeah, yeah. All right, um, so let's just we talked about the lands, we talked about the mechanics, we talked about the planeswalker. Let's just talk about some sweet cards. Let's do it. Let's bust through these. So the first one is one that just seems ludicrous to me. So I put it on here. What the fuck is this card? It's called War Leader's Call. It's one red white for an enchantment. Creatures you control get plus one plus one. I'm already most of the way towards interest. It's not like a glorious anthem. Yeah. Um, but a little easier to cast uh, if you're borrowed. Sure, sure, sure. And then whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, War Leader's Call deals one damage to each opponent? Are you kidding? Staple. Staple. Whoa! This is... This is good. Like, there's some fringe... Like, there's a fringe deck that is basically red-white Convoke. Yeah, it's just Boros Convoke. Right now. Imagine if they had access to this thing. They do now. Yeah. That like that literally might be enough to push it up to be a compet uh, an actual yeah. competitor because I've played against that deck a bunch of times and if it does its thing, yeah, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, uh, it just has too high a fail rate. Mm-hmm. But this is such a good backup plan, quote unquote, that like I guess this is actually probably just plan A. <laughs> yeah, this is probably now, just plan like... A. It just like make all your little stuff big and. Then you're playing it. You're making a ton of tokens because that deck was playing the the PNLR card, yeah. which lets you like exile. Whenever you like play a card from exile, you make a one one, and so you're just like playing. You're just making tokens all over the place, and then they get big, and they also deal damage to your opponent, and they have haste. Yeah, like it's nuts, nuts. Like, like just just think about what's the like worst card in that deck right now. It's probably the the two mana one one that makes another one one with flash, like. Just on its own, the weakest card, probably. Uh, uh, maybe, but it also enables their... Um... I know that it, like, synergy-wise is strong in, in the mm-hmm. deck. But, like, just for card for card, what's the weakest one? Oh, it's, sure. It's, I mean... it's probably that, but think about what that card is with this in play. It's two mana, gotcha. instant speed, make two two twos, deal two damage to your opponent. Yeah. What? Like, two mana, every instant speed, two twos? That's... Sorry, what I thought you were saying is, what card can we replace in that deck? I was like, I don't think oh, we can no, no, replace no. that card. I was no, like, that no, card just, should be. In the you deck. should no, no. When you have this in play, you definitely <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, it seems sweet. Uh, I like it. Taking finally yeah. getting they've been working on the glorious anthem. Like, where does how strong does glorious anthem have to be? There was one in Brothers War last year that was right. like you can exile something, and that never really took off. And yeah. um, so I think that this is the one. This could be the one. I mean, in a way, they they did a friggin' busted one with 
wedding announcement, but that's true. Yeah, sorry, it flips. Uh, it's it uh, makes three one ones and, and then, then becomes. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out that was enough. Yeah, that was enough. Way. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, single Not to color. mention, sometimes you can draw a card if you're more just on that than the one one. <laughs> that's true. You're like, you know what? I have too many creatures. Just in already. case, making three two twos and a glorious anthem wasn't enough. Oh god. Anyway, sweet card. Um yeah, this one just really jumped out to me as like that my inner Boros is calling. Like you give me lightning helix and Yeah. Now this. Like I feel like I have to play Boros now. I, I have to. So for it. I, I want I I just I want aggression. I want I want to be killing people as fast as possible. And there's a card that's gonna stand in my way and I don't <laughs> like it. Um, yeah. Jeff, what's this stupid card? And why are so on a train of like taking old classics and just making them better? Mm -hmm. uh, here we have uh, improved mana leak. Mm -hmm. It's no more lies. It is white blue specifically, mm -hmm. but it says counter target spell unless this controller pays three. If that spell is countered this way, exile it instead of putting it into its owner's graveyard. Yowza. Like you're just going to see this all over the place. This card's yeah. just great. Um, like certainly the blue white deck and explorer is just mm -hmm. jamming three of these now but uh, I was going to say like I do think yeah explorer absolutely pioneer this card just like yeah, finally we have the card that we've been really wanting um, standard specifically I do think it's a the interesting like it is harder to cast than make disappear and make yeah. disappear does have Long, like further reach as far as like you can force your opponent to tap four mana and you get to a copy which kind of fucks up some your opponent trying to counter your spell and stuff yeah um with i also think that the like spell not going to the graveyard matters less but i definitely think this is a super powerful card and all the blue like the azorius mages are coming out of the woodwork when you yeah. see gabriel nasif tweet Oh, I'm back in to this card. You're like, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> this is this is the card, you know. So I think it's super strong in older formats like that, and we'll see what it does. This is a hell of a card. Uh, I wouldn't even be surprised. Like, I think there's merits to both sides of No More Lies versus Make Disappear, but I wouldn't mm -hmm. be that surprised if Esper just swaps Make Disappear for this. I think people are definitely going to. Um, it'll be interesting the cases where you decide that that's not what what I'm right. saying is like, I, where I think does there, it settle? I do think there's there's times when maybe that's not oh I don't think it's just strictly better which a lot of these other things have felt strictly better yeah um, but you know this explore this in uh, your Niv Mizzet deck yeah like if we're For playing sure. this instead of Dovin's yeah. veto mm. absolutely. Dovin's Veto gets kicked to the sideboard and this mm -hmm. this goes right in the middle. Because this gets all the stuff. Yeah. Um, great. Super great. You know, Mana Leak was one of the cards when I was a kid that always looked so cool and good, but I just didn't understand it. I just right. loved the art and I loved the idea of it. And I saw it in different decks and stuff. And, uh, and so it's always been so, I don't know, near and dear to me. So seeing this card it makes me a little sad that we're in this world of, you know, where we are with uh, cards have to get better. But yeah. I like that it's around. The three mana, pay three mana, just means something. 
It's nice. And they've they've been so hesitant to give it to us. There have been so many versions that are two. Mm-hmm. And like they started with just okay, counter target spell with this controller pays two. And they've been kind of boosting that in various ways until we got to make disappear, which is like a really strong version of uh what's the card that that is the just I don't even know. Just the two, two mana, mana two? Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, it it's it's you don't know it because it's not good. Gotcha. Um, but they like they they moved down to that bar and then slowly started like what if we give it cycling and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um now they're just like here's mana leak, but better. Mm-hmm. Uh, harder but to of cast. Course, it but... is harder to cast. So it's not strictly better, but it's mm-hmm. like I was surprised when I read this because I was like, they've been dancing around actually giving us a mana leak for so long. Like mm-hmm. years. Years and years and years. And to decades, be fair, probably. Like I know I just said that the the graveyard stuff doesn't matter that much. I still think like in in standard, yes, I don't think it matters as much. But in older formats and other situations oh, where yeah. I think that your graveyard is huge, it will be much more important. The extra um, text on this versus Mana Leak is, is really non-trivial. That It's mm-hmm. like an, a significant upgrade. Yeah, well, the extra text on Mana Leak is a flavor text. So, yeah, totally. Right. It is much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, the harder to cast verse. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah this is course. just... It's not strictly better, because you mm-hmm. have to be blue-white. But it is better than Mana Leak. But everyone's playing Mana Leak in blue-white anyway. Or they, they exactly. used to. Exactly. Almost anyone who has Mana Leak in their deck is probably blue-white. Blue-white. Blue white X. Yeah. And they're in old format, so their mana's good, so makes yeah. sense. Um do we have more strictly better cards? To talk yeah, about? Speaking yeah. of strictly better <laughs> for those who like uh, and I think of this card as relatively recent. So I was like, wow, they're already upgrading this card. Um for those who are fans of the card Eliminate, uh you could say goodbye to it because mm-hmm. you'll never play it ever again. Yeah, maybe a long uh, goodbye. Yeah, take take a long goodbye and just say, you know what? You know, you serve me well, eliminate, but uh, no thank you. Card is called Long Goodbye. It's one in a black instant. This spell can't be countered and destroy target creature or planeswalker with mana value three or less. It's literally just eliminate, but it cannot be countered. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. This this Great. This is you're gonna see this for sure. Like, yeah, this might be powerful enough that it's like, I don't want to play Rafine anymore. Yeah, because this gets this is two mana for sure. Can't be countered, so you don't have to care about ward. All the ward stuff we were talking about earlier doesn't matter. Because a big um, part of Rafine is like, other than cut down, it's almost impossible for you to play it on the play, and them to like trade like trade with it and profit on mana. Yeah. If this is just in every deck, that's just not true anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to play Rafine on the play. I'll, I'll have held this up and just kill it and untap and do my thing. That's a huge, like breaking surf moment. Yeah. And, uh, part of the value of Rafine is that it's really hard to break serve against it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. This is gonna like. Yeah, I love how it even says on the card. By the way, this ward like this doesn't care about ward. Yeah. Uh, and there's a few ward cards in, in the metagame. Oh, this set and the metagame, yeah. Yeah, and um, like you know, disguise creatures, mm-hmm. for example. That's true. That's true. It kills disguise creatures very well. 
Um, it kills graveyard trespassers very well. Yeah. Um, I that's guess the good... bummer for me. I mean, that's that's great to me. I'm not playing black as much, but like, um, although I, I guess it means like I'm probably in a mirror match if I'm against a long goodbye and I have my graveyard trespassers. So that's true. So maybe I get to kill their graveyard trespassers as well with your long goodbye. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting. Well, interesting. It's just a strictly better card, but um, this one seems totally fine to me. I think that uh, putting this text on more cards is totally fine, especially in this kind of we're in standard, we're falling in and out of like, are we a Demir deck or not kind of thing? Um, do we have a bunch of like tempo counterspell things or like control-y yeah. stuff? Having a card like this is like, yeah. Yep. Good. All right. We have two more cards to talk about. Um, one of them I'm super excited about, and one of them I know you're super excited about. Yes. <laughs> so, I had to put one for each of us here. Yeah. So let's start with yours. Um, okay. I'm going to get the translation because I know that I could find it somewhere else. Here we go. Yeah. So I could talk about the card. Do you, ha do you have the translation up? Oh, I do. Do you want me to read it? I just don't know what its name is. I was going to say that. I think I know what the card does, but I don't gotcha. know what its name is. So I'm pretty sure it's called Vein Ripper. Ooh. All right. Vein Ripper. Uh, three vein. black Vein Ripper. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, like a vein. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Jack the Ripper stuff going on here. Not like uh, he likes the way he looks a lot. And mm. he rips things. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you said Bane. Is that that's why? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it's three black, black, black for a six-five flying. It has ward, sacrifice a creature, and whenever a creature dies, you drain two. Is mm -hmm. that correct? Yes. Yowza! Holy crap! <laughs> that's a card. So obviously it's expensive, but man, when I tap out for a six-mana thing. Ward sacrifice a creature is the kind of ability I want. Like mm -hmm. I'm against a control deck that doesn't play creatures. Sucks to be you. Like you're gonna have to sunfall this away or something. Like one for one. Um, yeah, yeah, that's really powerful. And and then in a deck that has creatures, they don't want to sack a creature. Like that's a two for one on themselves. I have to cast a removal spell and then sack a creature. The only thing that doesn't care that much about this is if there's some like go wide wedding announcement, destroy evil kind of deck. Yeah. That's a bummer. But against it, pretty much everything else, like that ability makes me feel a lot safer about my six mana sorcery speed investment here. Yeah, it, it means at least your opponent's losing two life. You right. know what I mean? So, like, at the very minimum, even if they have planeswalkers that make tokens, uh, if they're yeah. a bunch of different stuff, at the very minimum, your opponent loses two life, you gain two life. And, and it's probably four, unless they're exiling this or whatever. Like, uh, that's true. Oh, right. That's true. So, so the, it's like, you want to kill this, it's like, you got to sack one of your things, and I'll drain you for four. Mm -hmm. like, okay. Now, now I'm starting to justify the mana cost already it's a six five flyer mm -hmm. and if you're playing in some sort of aristocrat strategy with like bartolome mm -hmm. um they're dead they're just dead well you, if you six mana this, they die they die yeah so is this the card that we want with the skeleton case maybe As we need 
Bartolome skeleton case to yeah. get this as our combo. Ooh, I like that. We're tutoring mm. this. Yeah. Okay, so we're good. like this is generally bigger than those kind of aristocrats decks want to go, but it it's it's paying you off for it. Yeah, it's, it's like worth it. To be fair, if you're trying to tutor this up, it will cost eight mana to do it and a lot yeah, of yeah. black. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know. This I thing is it, a house, man. It's a house. I, again, like just the with the three year standard and all that. Who knows what's and, and you never know, anyways, what's going to see play and what's not. But mm -hmm. I could definitely see this being a thing that you got to worry about. On the other side, is this the card that we want to reanimate with or reanimate, um, turn our tokens into with Kaya, so that Ooh. we have we have a well, ton now of tokens. We're talking aristocrats, Kaya. This is an graveyard. Exile it. And turn into this thing, mm -hmm. they die. Yeah. That's okay. A, that's okay. another thing, okay. too. All right. So it's like, do we, we want to set our hand? Do we want it in the graveyard? Um, exile our own, you know, it all, it's all coming together. I think th this is a really cool yeah. piece. Obviously, it's so expensive, and expensive cards are just like, oh, but for, I know Blood Art is for two. Obviously, it costs, what, three times as much? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But double blood artist is insane, and then it's just a six-five mm -hmm. flyer. So that it's also good on an empty board because the problem with like a an expensive blood artist is they wrath my board. I untap, and I'm like, well, here's my double blood, blood artist. artist. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. They're like, don't care. Um, but here it's like, well, you're gonna die to this because it's a six-five flyer, and it's mm -hmm. hard, really hard for you to get off the battlefield profitably. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, so the worst thing with this is obviously Sunfall and Farewell, but... Right, and so the idea is, like, you force them to Sunfall your board away, mm -hmm. then you play this, hope they don't have a second Sunfall. Or a creature to sacrifice. I guess they may, they have a creature, because they'll, they'll turn their token into something. Right, but... turn their token into something, but they're still eating four, right? So it's mm -hmm. like... Hopefully they die. Yeah. I, and then it's I like, dead. I like this card a lot. And then it's in the, your graveyard. And then you and then you slam Kaya. Yeah, you slam Kaya. You turn a clue token into it. Boom, game profit. Over. Game over. <laughs> then you sack your ginger brute. Boom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love this deck. <laughs> love, love this deck. Oh god. Um, so that seems pretty sweet. I don't think this card fits into that at all, but it fits into some stuff <laughs> I'm interested in. Yeah. So um. This is uh, Delny Streetwise Lookout, almost like our 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 beer tonight. Mild Lockout, so close yes, to being Lookout. Very close. Yeah. Um, so this is two and a white for a two-two legendary creature, Human Scout, and it says creatures you control with power two or less can't be blocked by creatures with power three or greater, and if an ability of a creature you control with power two or less triggers, that ability triggers an additional time. So this is like little dudes need some help. That's what this yeah. this is like. Little dudes need some help deck. Um, so there are there there are things we could do with this. Um, obviously, just having a bunch of little one ones. If you're playing like uh, the Boros deck, you can make a bunch of one ones. Even with your anthem, they're two twos. They still attack and they can't be blocked by big stuff and they always trade essentially. Yeah, that's not that's not really what I want to do with this. Um, what I would like to do with this is continue to make more 
toxic combo decks. <laughs> with... <laughs> I was gonna say, I know where this is going. To with be. rot priest, Bant toxic, Bant toxic because uh, so toxic doesn't trigger another time because toxic doesn't trigger. It doesn't have a. It doesn't go on yeah. stack. But it also it makes your creatures harder to block, it, like all your little right. mites and all your stuff hard to block, um, and it does double up the rot priest triggers because that is a real trigger. And so right. you get to combo off faster. Um, yeah. Obviously, this card is not a toxic creature, which is hmm. so you'd only probably play maybe one or two of them. But I right. definitely like it. <laughs> Isn't this card it. just like insane though? Like, <laughs> it is. is this card just really good? Like, even just what if you play like a any of these cards that. Uh, what's the like where fox party card oh Doesn't yeah it just come in and exile two things it does that brutal cathar does the same thing yeah um i'm not sure how the uh, skyclave one would work with this like does it give you back two tokens i don't even know <laughs> yeah maybe oh that sucks <laughs> oh that would not be good if it, if it um, dies like the other ones all if they die they give both cards back but mm-hmm Mentor, I guess it would give you two tokens. I, yeah, so you get four tokens because it would come in, steal two things, and then when it would die, yeah, like it would bring two would it, things it would trigger back, again, right? Two things. They'd get four tokens. I don't know if that's true, but um... <laughs> anyways, that's what I was wondering. I was like, is this good? This card is but no, this card with Brutal Cathar is also ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then there's just a bunch of like, um, what's the when you attack and if the creature is bigger than you or then you get uh um yeah oh god there's a mechanic that if you attack with a creature that's bigger than you then you get counter oh oh uh yeah yeah um uh training right now if i attack with like a one two with training training triggers twice but it checks twice too doesn't it but like this would okay. make the both triggers happen. But like the other creatures, let's say a 5-5, five, five, right? Sure, then it would get two counters. Right, even though after the first one, or sorry, let's say it's a 2-2. Two, two. After the first one, it's now a 3-3, three, three, so it technically should qualify for this. But it does because at the time of the attack. I think, I think the trigger, I think with training specifically, the trigger goes on the stack and it checks another time. That's why training kind of sucked because it didn't just give you counters. You had to like... Yeah, yeah I'm just saying like, you know, let, let's say you have a 5-5 five, five and a 2-2 two, two with training. Mm -hmm. If this is out, it would still be a 4-4. Four, four, yes. Even though it's kind of a scam because after you train it, it'd be a 3-3 three, three, and then Delmi shouldn't be helping a 3-3. Three, three. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, gotcha. Now I understand. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, because Delny doesn't like three threes, right? Um, <laughs> I don't know. This seems really powerful because, like, there's just a lot of low to the ground white based creature decks that mm -hmm. kind of make their money on the creatures having relevant abilities. Yeah, this makes that two mana flash creature make us an, an additional token. Yep. Um, yeah, stuff like that. So um, the... This yeah. makes. Uh, the guy that gives everyone flying, it gives everyone flying twice. So oh my god! Sweet. Holy shit! I know that's double flying. Flying, flying. Yeah, that's like they're much higher though, so you yeah. can't block double flying. Yeah, I don't know. When I read this card, I was just like, "Oof, 
This is like, there's a few cards in here that I've been like, man, these low to the ground white based aggro decks are getting a lot of love in this set. I definitely agree. And I'm here for it. It's even one that like draws a card every time you play one, like uh, an enchantment. Yes. I like it. I'm here for it. Might be Borosing, man. It might be Borosing. I mean, yes, Boros. <laughs> I'm obviously going to start with Toxic first, and then we'll come back to reality. Yeah, yeah. once you realize that, like, <laughs> that deck that deck just, like, is not very good. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I definitely played it on stream and lost a lot, so I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> anyway, Jeff, uh, there are so many cards to talk about, and the set is going to be so sweet i'm really excited to dive into it and start playing with the cards next month but we should save some to talk about on a future day so Agreed. i think we should uh be wrapping up but do you have any last thoughts before we get into our last call uh no just set looks sweet i saw a lot of hate for it when i was watching you know the twitch stream right just right. like how lame all of these mechanics were and i was like I have the exact opposite feeling. I think they're mm -hmm. all really cool. They're going to play really well. So I'm excited. Uh, Agreed. I understand when things can seem uninspired, but like that's what people said about Surveil as well. And Surveil is just really nice mechanic that's just mm -hmm. showing up everywhere, right? It's like, oh, it's just changed. It's like slightly upgraded Scry. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's great. <laughs> they figured it out. That's yeah. what this whole thing is. Oh. All right, well, Jeff, it's been a while since we've had to rate two different beers. This is kind yes. of crazy. I know. Um, but let's get into it. So we are going to rate these beers on a scale. These beers? I'm so sorry. <laughs> We're going to rate these beers on a scale from Bronson Mythic, just like the tiers in Arena. Uh, and as always, this has nothing to do with which tier you are in currently. It's just a fun way to rate beers. So don't feel bad when we say that bronze beers are trash. They're horrible. You can't drink them. You have to spit them out and pour them in the toilet. Silver beers are bad or just boring. So macro brews are silver beers. Yep. Uh, gold beers are fine, but you won't really drink them again. Platinum are solid. You will drink them again. Uh, diamond beers are exceptional, and you will show these to your friends. Mythic is the best of the best. These are like, what's the opposite of banned toxic? Anyway, oh, that's the opposite wow. of banned toxic. Fucking so rude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anyway, whatever, Jeff. Do you know which beer you're going to pick for this evening? Yeah. Grab it in your hand. We're going to say it on a count of three. Three, two, one. Sticks. Obviously. We yeah. knew this off the bat. Um, just Oktoberfest Mars and beers is what we like. It's yeah, like, just a style preference. Yeah, it's nice and a little malty, tasty. Yeah. I could drink a ton of these. Yeah. Um, this beer is excellent. Yes. As far as rating goes... Where are we putting this guy? I think I like this at Diamond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's totally exceptional. It was really, really good. It was um, so crushable. I, I, I finished mm. that very quickly. They're also tiny cans, so it's so hard. That's true. I want like I'm five more comparing it to these. like a tall boy, but yeah, yeah, exactly. All I had was I, I drank it quickly and was like, I want more. I wish I, I had more. another one of these in my fridge. I know. Right? I'm so pissed. I'm actually mad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So it's yes, really true history, but yeah, but I'm definitely going back and getting a lot of these. This could be one of my favorite ones that they had that yeah. we had tasted for sure. This is like the yeah, I think so too. It's up there. Yeah, um, definitely diamond. 
definitely the one I'll yeah. tell people to go get. So then sure. as we go over to this logger, what do we think about this little logger boy? Huh. So I did look it up. Hellas logger. Basically, it's like it just means pale. It's like a pale logger, just re referencing the color. And the color, uh, gotcha. Light, light golden color, mm -hmm. which it was. So they weren't lying. <laughs> nice. Uh, I like this too. I thought this had more sort of multi backbone than I'm mm -hmm. used to from a logger. It, it's like it's not just relying on being cold and bubbly for me to enjoy it. Yes. It, it actually had some some body to hold up. Yeah, I I agree as well as I actually immediately before we started, I had a beer from um, another brewery that was their logger, and uh, just it had the qualities of lager that I steer away from, which is some right. sort of, I don't know what it is, but something in the grain belt that I just don't love. It's too weedy or grainy. Yeah. And this one it could be wheat. <laughs> it's literally could be wheat, but it negated that and um, was just nice and delicious and very refreshing. Yeah. Good. This, this was really good. Mm -hmm. I think I had, had it at platinum. Like... Yeah. Super solid. I like, think I would drink this again. I've it's definitely. Just, it's just awkward because if I go to the brewery, I'm gonna pick something I'm else. Picking up some sticks. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I've had this style before and have been uh, not not only underwhelmed, but like uh, I don't really want yeah. this at all. Um, but this feels the same way. I feel like if I had a six pack of both of these, I probably would have drank. Uh, exactly. So much more beer tonight. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind <laughs> of been a long night. Yeah, it would have been a long night. But no, great beers. True history. Go check them out. They're awesome. Excellent. Um, yeah. Delicious, delicious stuff. So now it's time for closing time. As always, you can find us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram. You may also find us on Arena itself under the username Arena Regulars Podcast. If you want to talk to me personally, you can find me at Zulberg, that is Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, also, you can find me on Twitch at regular underscore Zach, Monday through Wednesday uh, days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mornings, Eastern time. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means to you. Uh, but Jeff, where can they find you? Best place is on our Discord channel. I go by mm -hmm. regular Jeff in the Discord, and the link for that should be in the show notes if you want to come discuss spoilers. That's mm -hmm. what we're doing right now. We're posting lots of stuff, making up lots of cool things. Um, <laughs> also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Leave us a review there. All the stuff on YouTube. Um, we are around. Uh, but most of all, if you could just tell your friends about the podcast, if you like us, that helps out the most. This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you that if you think you understand how Kaya Spirit's justice works, you don't. <laughs> Read it again. Okay. <sighs> All right, that's fine.